As you may have heard, last week, an explosion at the port of Beirut left over 200 dead, 300,000 homeless, and countless wounded. The best way you can help is to click the link in our description and donate to the Lebanese Red Cross. Thank you. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Never Intentionally the Podcast, a show where we may offend you, but never intentionally. I'm Suman, and as always, I'm here with Bilal, a.k.a. Hey, Billy the up? Kid. What's up? Um, so, and today we have a very special guest. Uh, I want to introduce to you all someone who is like a you know little sister to me and, you know, the biggest environmentalist I know. She's also a tree hugger. Um, Sahiti, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, thank you, Sumanth. Hi, I'm Sahiti. Um, I'm going to be an incoming freshman at Boston University um, to study environmental science. And yeah, like Suman said, I'm a big tree hugger and I'm like Suman's little sister. Damn, you gave your entire LinkedIn. Oh, <laughs> okay, sorry. I didn't know how much <laughs> no, to no, say. That was, that was, it's all good. good. It was That's good, fine. actually. Yeah. It was yeah. good. Okay. Um, okay. So we're just going to jump right in. Yeah. Um, well, why don't you, you know, just get started? Um, so yeah, as Suman sort of alluded to we're going to be talking about the environment and the threat it makes to the earth i just want to hear some stats in general um many experts believe the worst effects of climate change may be irreversible by the year of 2030 the u.n climate report and subsequent reports have warned that global carbon pollution must be cut in half in the next 10 years to avoid catastrophic and irreversible damage on top of that over 1 million species are at risk of extinction due to human activity and so many other environmental um plights are going around in this earth and yeah i mean super you can expand on that a bit it's just you know there okay there's first of all there's we got the big umbrella issue right climate change right Mm -hmm. but there's just so much other stuff that stems off of it that you know it's almost too much to talk about in one single episode so what we're going to do is talk about some of the more, you know, nitty gritty stuff that we don't always read about online, right? The stuff that's really holding us back as a country, as, you know, humanity from actually solving this issue, right? Mm-hmm. So it may get a tiny bit political. Um, I will warn uh, the audience as well as you, Sahithi, right now. Um, so cool. let's, we're just going to try to keep it as civil as possible because, you know, climate change is a very polarizing issue in this country. Um, and it shouldn't be. Uh, no mm-hmm. pun intended yeah. there. Polarizing. Um, that was a good pun. Give me a, give me a break. That was uh... All right. <laughs> you guys. I have to bleep that out now. <laughs> Jesus. All right. So, we're, uh... we're, so let's just try to keep it as civil as possible. Right. Um, I think we're all on the same side here. Um, and so let's just start and get started. Um, you know, as Bilal was saying, right, biodiversity has been a huge, huge issue um, within like the past um, few years, especially with, um, you know, large species such as tigers being, you know, threatened. I think there's something like 5,000 tigers left in the wild, right? Sharks mm-hmm. um, being threatened. They're my favorite animals. So I personally take that as something that I really care about, right? Um, ocean deterioration yeah. is very important. What I want to ask is, Sahiti, do you as an environmentalist, Mm -hmm. right, a lot of people look up to celebrities as people, you know, that they can confide in, not confide in, but (laughs) they look up to them as like um, figures of basically role models, right? So like Kim K, for example, right? Kim K, other celebrities, we're talking about big name celebrities and people basically take these figures and treat them like gods, right? 
how does it make mm. you feel when Kim K or Kylie Jenner or someone, um, Kanye West, whoever, puts on like mink fur, right? And then yeah. walks down the red carpet and then acts like they're on some kind of pedestal. And people do put them on that kind of pedestal, right? Ha- pedestal. Mm-hmm. How does it make you feel? <laughs> um, honestly, I think that it's really ironic that um, young people look up to like celebrities who um, speak out on, like, climate change and stuff like that, when really celebrities are the people in society who have, like, the biggest carbon footprints. Um, If you look, like, not even with just mink fur, like, using those, like, animals as accessories, but also the fact that they rarely fly commercial. Most of them have their own private jets. Um, If they're artists and they have concerts, that makes a lot of pollution. I think that a better role model to look to when you're looking at um, environmental or social issues would be um, young, like, activists like Greta Thunberg um, and indigenous activists that fight for preserving their land. I think that looking up to people like Kim K, um, although she's doing great for, like, bailing people out Mm -hmm. of jail that aren't supposed to be there, I think that they aren't the people that we should be looking up to in terms of the environmental movement. Yeah. Right, okay. Um, and a lot of these, you know, celebrities and people that we sort of like look up to, they, um, you know, claim themselves as very liberal and progressive minded people. Right. And so to me, yeah. when it comes to, you know, lifestyle preferences like that, even the small details count when you have that big of a, um, you know, platform. Right. Um, it just sends yeah. a bad image, especially for younger people who are looking up to them. Right. Yeah, um, exactly. And I think that can be extenuated to politics as well and i don't want to get too um name calling here right but there's Mm -hmm. you know people on both sides of the political spectrum who have been accused in the past um while having a platform that has been very proponent towards environmentalism and um climate change right they have taken Mm -hmm. money um and funding from energy companies such as exxon um such as chevron etc right Mm -hmm. do you think that political candidates should be held accountable for taking money from those exact companies that they oppose or their platform opposes, um, even if they are pro-environment? Oh, completely. I think that um, those people that take money from um, fossil fuel companies, it's like, and then on the side lobby for like environmental and progressive policies, it's like the same thing as someone who flies a Confederate flag to say Black Lives Matter, because it's like, you're not fighting for the same thing. Because if you were fighting for the same thing, you change your morals and like where you accept your donations from. Um, And I think that um, people that are just become sellouts once they enter politics and take money from those fossil fuel companies and energy companies, um, I think that Uh, they should be held accountable for accepting that money, um, especially because it just shows how they're acting morally righteous, but really it's like they're just hiding it from their supporters. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. But I'd ask another question. Um, So let's say you had a, usually it's going to be a Democratic candidate and Mm. they were, they had a, let's say a super PAC and it was getting money from fossil fuel companies. But it was really helping them propel their campaign, giving them a lot more exposure and giving them a much better chance of, you know, winning the election in that way. Do you think that the ends can justify the means or do you think it's just because at the end of the day, politics is a game and it's, it's how you work around the system. 
And so like, if you look deep enough into any politician, you'll find some sort of, you'll find something that you probably, that doesn't look that great, you know, on paper at least. So do you think Mm -hmm. that in some cases can can justify the means or do you think it, it should be like a zero tolerance type of thing? Yeah, that's a great point. And I, totally agree that a lot of people have to use those kind of means in order to propel themselves and their platform. And um, although I think that if they are going to be doing that, then we should, like, their supporters and the people who followed them should make sure that they are um, true to their word and that they are pushing those progressive policies Mm -hmm. later on in politics once they really have a stable platform. Um, Although I think that if they really, really are true to their word and true to their morals that they're trying to um, push into society and like if they want to establish a Green New Deal Mm -hmm. and those progressive policies, then they also could get support from grassroots campaigns yeah. or those nonprofits that work for environmentalism. Um, and I think that uh, although fossil fuel companies and gas companies provide politicians with a lot of help that they yeah. need when they're starting up, I think that there are other resources that they can also use. Yeah, um, yeah I think, I think that, that definitely made a lot of sense. But, I mean, yeah, but uh, just expanding on what you just said, I mean, like you, you have certain candidates that will never take money from fossil fuel companies, but it, it's always very, very little. Even within, even within progressives, not mm-hmm. all of them are going to hold true to that. Just because, you know, as you said, these these companies are these companies have a ton, a ton of money. But right, um, I mean, campaigning sure. has always been a game of marketing. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, right. definitely. You, sometimes you have to, you know play devil's advocate and take yeah. money from the enemy in order to stop yeah. the enemy later on. It's, it's, it's um, kind of, yeah, it's kind of just because I don't know, just to, to stay very, very like morally pure, especially in, in, in politics, American politics too. Just politics um, in general. To yeah. Right. Yeah. You'll never, I mean, I'm yet to see somebody in the, in at least the modern age to be, be that and win. You know what I mean? Like, actually right. get the votes and get the people that matter to support them right so, yeah, yeah that's just my two cents on that yeah and when you do come across those you know seldom candidates that are you know true to the heart um and want yeah. to win properly right by their morals by yeah. their platform sticking with their platform mm-hmm. they are usually shot down pretty quick um, usually you know yeah. literally and figuratively mm-hmm. um in various countries around the world right so mm-hmm. Politics has always been something that has screwed with um, and created gridlock, especially in this country. We already have a super lengthy um, process for, you know, um, bill ratification and um, le- the legislative right. system is just so messed up here. Um, yeah. And because climate change has been so politicized, right, there's literally nothing that we have done in the past, like, 10 years that has actually, you know, over, like at least from the government government action, right, that has helped um, with reducing temperatures, right? Everything has been from yeah. the private sector and companies mm-hmm. cutting down. We haven't imposed yeah. a carbon tax. We haven't, you know, pushed for that 2030 net neutrality. We haven't ratified the Green New Deal, et cetera, et cetera, right? And mm-hmm. while I'm not necessarily yeah. advocating for all of these because there is caveats to all of them, and we're never, but the thing is, we're never going to find a perfect plan that's going to suit everybody's needs, right? But mm-hmm. that step needs to be taken, some yeah. way or the other yeah uh i mean yeah i think i think we're all in pretty good agreement that 
it's a huge existential threat. But definitely uh, beyond that, like I just had a general question. How do you get people to really care about climate change? Because it's not, it's not like a sexy issue. It's not something that, it's not <laughs> something that people, you know, like they'll read about and like they're super hooked in. I mean, right. some people yeah. are definitely yeah. right. But generally yeah. it's just looked at as one of those things. Everyone's like, yeah, it's a big, big deal. But like, you know, that's it. They won't do anything yeah. else. So like, just how, how do we get people to really pay attention and, and like push for change? This is my question. Cause that's something yeah. that I've thought about a lot. I, I can't give an answer. Yeah. Well, let me give you my two cents. As someone who, for the past year, has been trying to organize protests and getting people from the community to come out to these climate justice um, like protests and events and stuff like that, I think I completely agree with you, Bilal. It's so hard to like market these events and make sure that, like, uh, teenagers and young people can come out and um, like enjoy their time yeah. there. I mean, the thing is, it's like climate change has always been an issue. It's not some kind of like trendy yeah. thing, really. I mean, like you can see that in like the Black Lives Matter protest, people go to the protest, take pictures mm -hmm. to like look yeah. woke and then post it. But you don't see that kind of stuff going mm -hmm. on with like climate change events. It's like if people come, they like truly yeah, care about it. Um, so with my efforts of trying to get people out to come to these events the main thing which is important for young people is just ease and like making sure that they can come yep. in and go out and like have a good time there and make sure that it's accessible to people yeah. so if like our locations are like really far away in like the middle of nowhere mm -hmm. we try and make sure that it's a place like closer to like high schools mm -hmm. or like a library and that's a way to make sure that people come out Honestly, it's just trying to make sure that like people can yeah. get there. Um, interest is just going to come yeah. if people like are truly mm -hmm. interested in the matter. Yeah. But if they're not, then there's you can't really yeah. convince right. them yeah. easily. Definitely true. Um, one thing is that you know people's mindset is like today is we have short attention spans, right? And that translates Definitely. to you know our political standings as well. I mean, yeah. if we if I asked you guys what is the most talked about issue on the election platform for this coming um, election, what would you guys say it, it is? Um, there, there's one that's been, you know, heavily hammered. I mean, a, a lot, maybe healthcare comes to it mind. Is healthcare. It is healthcare, yeah. right? It yeah. Is healthcare. Um, yeah. It's been talked about way more than the other issues, right? Yeah. And that's a very right. short-term issue while it has yeah. waves to, like, mm -hmm. obviously it's going to affect a lot of old people, um, a lot of people that are going to be aging, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But when people, it's a very short-term issue that can be solved relatively easily if there's some form of agreement within Congress about the semantics yeah. of um, yeah. their healthcare bills, right? Mm -hmm. Universal Medicare. Mm -hmm. and Nobody looks into the long term, right? 10 yeah. years, you know, 20 years down the line, the science shows that we're going to be close to, you know, irreversible in making these changes for, to the earth, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But nobody talks about that, right? Human nature has always been based in short attention spans. We don't have the patience to think about the future when we know that something is, you know, something while it might be not as dangerous is coming up right in front of us. Yeah. Yeah. And it is and, important to talk about that. Yeah. And I think it, not just the, the, the short attention span thing. It's just that when you think about some of the other issues and movements, it's a lot 
easier for people to like, you know, sort Relate of like, to it almost, yeah. like, uh, like make it tangible for them. Like health, yeah. like you'll mm-hmm. see that giant bill, you know, yeah. or like mm-hmm. the black lives matter. Everyone saw the George Floyd video and we've seen countless other things like that too. But with climate change, it's a lot more like, you know, you're hearing from experts, exactly. you're hearing anecdotal things yeah. and data and things like that. So it's yeah. a lot harder to, for people to get like, for the jet for the general you know yeah. population to get their heads wrapped around how big of an issue it is you know what yeah. i mean like nobody's gonna care until totally. acid rain rips up their roof and yeah, yeah. exactly their is flooded it's pretty much um, true yeah and i mean that's that's how politics has worked a lot of times it's very reactionary in, the, in america yeah like something horrible happened then some legislation will pass well yeah i mean we've but, always yeah. america has always yeah. been like every single administration both sides of the political spectrum have been reactionary mm-hmm. um i think the mm. biggest example is the current administration with the pandemic right oh, yeah could have been preventable wasn't don't want to get political but that's just my take yeah. on <laughs> yeah this That's is true. an issue that cannot be reaction that we cannot be reactionary about. Oh, yeah. And I'm gonna flat out say it right now. Totally. It's an issue yeah. we cannot be reactionary about because it's gonna be too late. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. I know I've hammered this like statistic over and over again, even if it had nothing to do with the topics like, like the past few episodes, right? Apparently the International Energy Agency estimated that it would take forty four trillion dollars, which I think is a pretty conservative estimate. Um, it's on the lower end for a complete mm-hmm. Um, energy landscape um, switch from fossil fuel lands- industrial landscape to a renewable energy landscape, right? Yeah. Now, they did cite in that same um, report that with the changes that come for especially large industrial companies like Lockheed Martin, General Electric, etc., right? You'd be seeing hundreds of thousands of jobs being furloughed and laid off um, and mm. a severe spike in unemployment just to get the, you know, the energy sector, you know, properly functioning and fixed up um, to cope with renewables. Obviously, the economy would pick up, right? But for those, you know, five years, 10 years that it takes by 2030 to make this happen, do you think it's worth seeing thousands, millions of people going jobless um, and then having to spend more money in terms of stimulus like we are right now with the pandemic, right? to make those changes or do you think it's something we should look into later on and then and and secure like short-term economic gain because a lot of people while they do want to like support the environment and stuff um it's not in it's not feasible for them financially and that translates to a larger economic scale as well Mm. well the thing is uh when you're looking at the transition from fossil fuels to renewable energy the first thing that people need to understand is that if it's truly going to be something that the government is going to undertake into one of their policies then they're not going to make it an immediate switch first it's going to start um like slowly with companies like doing it on their own and then the government will like mandate it if any if they will ever do it then those fossil fuel companies will shift to renewable and it's going to be a very slow process to make sure that all those companies are like shutting down and restarting with like new energy substitutions for the communities that they're supplying it to and with that slow shift um, I think it's important to note that renewable energy offers more job opportunities for people and um, 
yeah in the long term and i think that although in the short term it's a hard sacrifice for people to think of like a period in time when those fossil fuel employees are not going to have a job and then they're going to have to relearn um those skills to work in renewable energy companies if they want to do that i think that it's a sacrifice that we honestly have to make i mean we have come this far with just society and america especially completely ignoring the um future that comes with climate change and if we have waited this long and become so ignorant to the issue then we have to make these sacrifices because if we don't make them then our future is just going to be doomed honestly we need to make the switch to renewable energy at some point and although it's going to be a really grueling process it's going to open more opportunities in the future for people and for the environment in general i think yeah, so we talked about the, you know, the macro change that people need to make or people need to push for at the highest level of government, right? What about mm-hmm. the smaller stuff, right? Do you think the small things like, you know, going, okay, first of all, like just for some context on where this question is coming from, right? The right. climate change hoax paradigm has been so extenuated by Exxon, the U.S. government, which like, you know, because of our involvement in the Middle East around the 2000s, right, which mm-hmm. diluted the political spectrum, um, on like to be split on this issue because a lot of people were taking money from oil companies to extenuate the climate change hoax paradigm. Do you think that because the government hasn't been able to do anything that people need to start making lifestyle changes on like a smaller scale? Like, or is it some, do we need to spend more of our time focusing on pushing for that change at the highest level of government? Um, well, like, you want to uh, go? I could just say a little bit. I mean, Okay. Like, the thing is, like, with anything, with anything, when you try to sort of promote a gradual small change, it's it's not going to be done in a way that it's like coming from the top down, sort of. You know, like it, it's it's a lot more community based, and uh, I don't know. I just I just feel like a lot of the times when people try to promote stuff like this, it just becomes like an echo chamber. Like a lot of people, like. I mean, first of all, the small change, like it definitely is not like it, you definitely it's um, it's kind of a privilege to be able to get like, you know, really organic food yeah. or like, mm-hmm. you know, get the get something that's very sustainably yeah. sourced and, you know, always thinking right. about that stuff because you know other people, they have a lot other things on their minds. And especially like if they're barely making ends meet, they have a family, things like that. And so, I mean, yeah, I, I Personally, I do think those small things can make a good benefit on the environment, also your health. But, you know, I do think at the end of the day, it comes down to promoting legislation. And I mean, the only way to do that is to vote. I mean, that's that, yeah. at the, that just comes down to because that, that's how politics works here. And another thing kind of tied back to what we were talking about before, like the way the government and politics set up here compared to a lot of comparisons are made to Europe, but their mm. unilateral change can come a lot quicker just because the central government has a lot more power over the whole nation as a whole. Here, the states, the municipalities, the counties have a lot, a lot more, more power, power yeah. on what goes on. Yeah. So, like, yeah, the, the change definitely, it obviously needs to be made, but it just has to be approached in a completely new way. And, I mean, those those counties and those states, they'll follow the lead of what mm. their leaders are doing in politics. And I mean, there's a lot of red states in America. There's more red states. The population obviously is lower, but still there's a lot. 
And I mean, you know, it's going to have to be definitely a a thing of a thing about removing it from making it a red and blue issue than more of just like a we need to do something right now or we're going to die yeah. issue, you know. Yeah. Right. The way that sorry, I, sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So I think that one thing which I see a lot on like these far left social media platforms, it's like a lot of people are saying like, I don't care if you recycle, I don't care if you use plastic bags carelessly or like plastic straws, whatever. It's like the only way that we're going to make real change is by only doing like policy and legislation. And honestly, although I agree with it to an extent, the only way that we are going to make real change that's going to affect the far future is by implementing those progressive policies. I think that um, like telling people like they can do whatever they want and like um, and that like they shouldn't care if they recycle and that they can use however much plastic as they want carelessly. I think that that's taking it into a wrong direction. If people want to make those changes in their daily life on their own volition, I think that's great for them. I know that I've made a lot of changes ever since I've read about more of these environmental issues that go around in the world and in the U.S. Um, I think that it's kind of like a chain. If the consumers change their habits and if the consumers say, like, we don't like using plastic bags anymore, I bring my own reusable bags to the store, then the stores will take that into consideration, start selling more reusable bags, maybe start putting a fine for people that use plastic bags. That's what Mm -hmm. happened in Massachusetts. And now they have a fine on people. Not really a fine, but it's like a little bit more of a tax if they like don't have their own reusable bags and they need to get like plastic bags. And um, if you look at what happens if like, it doesn't matter if I use a plastic bag. It doesn't matter if I use plastic straws. It's like there's tiny, tiny micro things. But the thing is those micro things like straws and plastic bags, it's still killing animals Mm -hmm. on the daily in the ocean, in wild habitats. I think that micro changes need to happen in order to stop those. But the only way to implement those kinds of changes nationwide is by using those um like progressive policies in politics but i think that there's we shouldn't like condemn people or like say that like they're like um they're what's the word um like they're not making real change if they decide to make those changes in their diet and their lifestyle because honestly they're still doing good Mm -hmm. in their own way it's just way smaller than the change that we expect to see you know it's funny about the example right massachusetts is has been a red state um historically for a while now i think like the past decade mm-hmm. or so a blue state no it's it, i mean the governor is republican oh the government the governor, the governor yeah, yeah but the voters yeah. are uh yeah 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 um, and so it's 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 you know astounding to me that you know while the government is um republican and it's been a very polarized issue on that side of the spectrum um that they were still able to get those plastic um you know fines and stuff passed right and then a lot of yeah. these states still haven't gone about doing that. It's just funny to me. Um, quite- yeah, it just it just proves like yeah. power to the consumers, you know, yeah. like power right, to exactly. the people. Um, one thing is that you know, metal straws, um, organic foods, composting, recycling. You know, some of this stuff, while it is like Bilal mentioned before, it is coming from a point of privilege that we can afford, um, especially because of the fact, like you know, we're all from Fairfax County, right? fourth richest county mm-hmm. in the country. Um, a lot of these, you know, services are not provided in other places, right? And I think that comes down to the private sector, not even like the private sector, right? Because one of the biggest changes that we're looking at right now is the shift to electric vehicles, which I'm a huge proponent proponent of, by the way. 
Um, mm. I've told my parents multiple times that my first vehicle, whether it's a motorcycle or a car, is going to be an electric car or at the very least a plug-in hybrid, right? Oh my God, me yeah. too. Like, I think that's something everybody is trying to look for. And like Tesla has done a great job with it. Like, I hate Teslas. Mm-hmm. I think they're yeah. terribly designed cars, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> um, the point I'm trying to make is until the private sector also reduces their cost of production and reduces... So sorry, increases their volume of production, but reduces their consumer cost, especially on electric vehicles. We're not going to see mm-hmm. um, those micro changes take you know a huge effect, right? Because buying organic foods is really freaking expensive. Whole foods is Definitely. way more expensive than Costco, right? Um, yeah, a Tesla, right? Which is the only like you know reliable, um, reliable, you know fairly respected electric vehicle on the market mm-hmm. is at least 40k to start with whereas you can buy a toyota corolla full like gasoline yeah. engine for like 20k right 16k yeah yeah even less yeah. um and there's cars that are even cheaper right until yeah. the private sector brings down those costs and whether it's a push by the government to do so or a push by the consumer base to do so we're not going to see those micro changes make as much of an effect as public changes at the top level of government right um, definitely and so that's yeah, i think sorry. oh sorry kind of piggybacking off of what you said the main concern with a lot of people on frontline communities which is like the communities that are first affected by climate change and then the rest of the world um frontline communities people in poverty and the like less privileged uh one big concern for making those micro changes is that these people can't afford it but then if they talk about like oh i got this shirt from h&m i got this skirt from shein everyone on social media like you can see it on like apps like tiktok they're like you shouldn't shop at fast fashion like that's so bad for the environment and it's like although i don't like shopping at fast fashion because you know i I have the privilege to like be able to spend money in other stores, even though it's a bit more expensive. I think that it's wrong for people on the internet to shame people for like, yeah, I like to like just eat meat in my diet. I like to shop at Costco instead of organic stores. I shop fast fashion because that's literally all I can afford. Mm -hmm. Like sustainable shops are way too expensive nowadays. Thrifting, a lot of these like trendy deep top girls like go into thrift stores, take all the good stuff and just leave. And now people that rely on thrift stores for their like new clothing for like the school year or something can't Mm -hmm. find clothes that fit them. And I think that it's one thing to implement those micro changes in your life and in maybe your family's life if they're on board with it. But it's one thing to shame other people for not being on trend for like making those yeah. lifestyle changes. It's like I'm a, as you said in my when you first introduced me, I'm a really big environmentalist, and I try and encourage people to um, make environmental changes in their lifestyle if they can. But if they can't, that's totally up to them. Like it's their life, it's their method. I'm not going to shame them for what they should do, and I think that it's wrong for other environmentalists to shame those around them for saying like oh you want to get a like lamborghini when you grow up you know how much like gas that yeah. uses it's so bad for the environment mm-hmm. it's like it's their life it's yeah. not yours you shouldn't it's be commenting like people that people can only like drive lamborghini is like something like 30 miles before they run out of gas right and exactly. so it's really not going to affect the environment as much as like say a toyota corolla that's like not the hybrid yeah. version um yeah. yeah but like yeah about those micro changes like i've been told by people in school um, that I can't both be the meat-loving person that I am um, and also be a environmentalist or proponent for the environment. 
especially yeah. because cattle ranching um, and meat production is the second largest polluting industry after fossil fuels and energy. And yeah. So I've been told that on multiple occasions, and it really made me consider, you know, being vegetarian for a bit. But then yeah. I would look at a piece of chicken and be like, yeah, no, I'm good. Like, as much <laughs> as, like, I do love the environment, but I think forcing people or shaming them to make those, like, small lifestyle changes, right? Even if they are making those big, like, voting for the party that, you know, has the environment, like, has a platform based in environmentalism, right? Um, mm-hmm. Wanting to, driving a hybrid instead of a full gasoline engine, driving an electric, et cetera, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. I think we're so nitpicky about the small, small things that we ignore the larger stuff that people do. Um, to, and I think that's, yeah, that definitely rubbed me the wrong day, the wrong way that day. Yeah. Um, and that's mm-hmm. why, you know, I had, I definitely questioned myself as to whether I thought of myself as an environmentalist or not, um, or a big proponent of the environment. But um, that's just yeah. my personal um, experience with that. Yeah. Yeah. Those type of like environmentalists honestly do more harm mm. than good. Kind of like gatekeeping yeah. the oh, environmentalist yeah. community for no reason. I mean, these people, those people who can't make those lifestyle changes or just simply don't want to because of their own personal choice. I think that if they're making changes in their lifestyle, however small it may be, like um, thrifting like once and then donating more of their clothes to give back to the community right. or um you know, just buying something sustainably instead of buying fast fashion, those small changes is still good because you're still thinking about the environment when you're doing stuff like that. Voting um, for more progressive uh, candidates in politics, um, going to those activism um, events, protests, rallies, whatever, for Mm -hmm. climate change and climate justice, you're still doing good. And I think that it's horrible that people are now like gatekeeping the community as if it's something... It's like super yeah, there's, there's always I mean, been um especially on the left side of the political spectrum mm-hmm. there's always been a lot of infighting um and it's almost like people act like if you're not doing the absolute most um you know disregarding your comfort and your lifestyle to mm-hmm. you know kind of push for the changes that you want to see then you shouldn't be on that side of the spectrum at all yeah um mm-hmm. and i think that's wrong and mm-hmm. you know you definitely put it a really good way to eat the earlier so yeah thank you for thank that. you yeah. and i i think you know a lot of people who are sort of like that and are become and turn to um you know chastising people on having a certain way of how they go about things i mean not all of them but i feel like a lot of them mm-hmm. have not even really seen the really bad effects of what they're really talking about like in terms of climate change the united states you know it contributes a lot of carbon emissions but the countries that pay the most are is not the united states it's underdeveloped countries it's nations you know a lot of them in asia and in africa that are struggling going through horrible droughts they can't get water they can't get food and they're the ones who are taking the brunt of it you know and that that's a Mm -hmm. big thing because for climate change like and to get people to really care about it you kind of have to care about people who are across the world care about just you know humanity in general because americans have a very very you know they think they're the center of not a lot a lot of them don't a lot of them do think that they're the center of the world you know and they say Mm -hmm. you know if it's not affecting me then you know whatever i mean we'll be fine it's not a big deal Mm -hmm. but you know there are people millions of people like what i like i'm from pakistan i went there two years ago 
and you would just see like I was there with my dad and places were just drought stricken so much places that were doing very well mm. decades and decades ago you know and it's just I don't know it, it, it's it it just it forces you to have a much higher perspective on you know the all these topics in general but climate change especially because you have to I mean, you can't always really convince people to care about others. That's just that's just a thing, you yeah. know. It's are you going to make that choice or not? But yeah, I think that's a really uh, important thing to just think about. That you know, these things they're not always going to affect us, or, but they're going to affect somebody down the line. You know. Yeah. Um, it's funny to mention like the developed countries that you know have to deal with the you know the after effects, right? being from such a privileged standpoint that we are and like yeah. being from a first world country, mm -hmm. it's hard for us to see what's actually happening. Right. Mm -hmm. The two most, sorry, the two most, three most polluted countries on earth, right. China, number one, mm -hmm. the United States, number mm -hmm. two, and India, number three. All right. Yes. China and India are both around 40% of their energy is now renewable and they've made leaps and bounds in the past five years, um, converting to hydroelectric power, um, and wind farming, solar energy, etc. Guess what the U.S. is at right now? Even though we're the number two, we hold the number two spot. Isn't it like two percent? No, okay, it's definitely more than two. Eleven percent or something. It's, like that? It, so it's just under sixteen um, percent. Right? Oh, okay. Six. It's just under sixteen percent, but we contribute almost twenty percent of the world's pollution, or something mm. like that. Yeah. No. It's yeah. kind of embarrassing, really, because you've got countries mm. like Iceland, right, who are completely geothermal based now um i don't know if yes. you guys have seen that show down to earth with zach efron but um the episode <laughs> on iceland was really cool because they're almost all of their energy is um from volcanic and geothermal um steam powered turbines etc right and then you see all right. these other large manufacturing nations like india and um china making the efforts to um like um, enable this uh, renewable energy change. But then the U.S. is doing absolutely nothing about it. And it, yeah. it has to do a lot with our politics and mindset, obviously. Um, and we're all yeah. doing our part as, um, you know, voters and stuff. But, like, in the long term, just we're, there's a reason the U.S. is a laughing stock of the world right now. Um, mm. And this has a lot to do with it. It's just, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, a big reason why the U.S. is a laughingstock when it comes to, like, climate change and uh, climate justice and stuff like that is that we're one of three countries that were invited to sign the Paris yeah. Agreement oh, yeah. that yeah. just refused to. The One of them, the other countries that, like, are not signed on right now is Syria because they're in the middle of a world, like, so civil war. And then another country, it's so minor and so small, I... I'm embarrassed because I forgot what the name is, but they were also going through a lot of economic strife and they just couldn't commit to making those economic changes because they have to get back on their feet. The U.S., honestly, with the amount of pollution that we're currently contributing, I think that it's so embarrassing that we just refuse to sign on, especially yeah. because if you look at India, small business owners transfer to renewable energy like those I don't know if you guys like remember those like little shops where they would just like sell candy bars and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Those little like shops by the side of the road, they have like solar panels on their roofs just because not only is it better for the environment, but also it's more economically like feasible and it's cheaper, honestly, than paying for fossil fuel in those areas. Um, but yeah, I think that it's it's so ironic mm -hmm. how the U.S. is one of three countries that refuse to be a part of the Paris Agreement, which is honestly 
doing a lot of great change for the countries that are currently signed on and have pledged to lower their carbon footprint. Yeah. That's the most polluting, but also one of the three that didn't sign. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, and I think, I think, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but the U.S. did originally sign it, but then with the new administration, yeah, they withdrew. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. I, but the thing is, the earliest you can withdraw from it was like November 2020, either way. Trump, he, mm-hmm. he get, like he said, like his full intentions to withdraw, which is, mm-hmm. you know, it's already, you know, just, just boggles the mind. But yeah, I, I think, I know, Sumant, you brought up um, like Iceland. And I mean, I think it's wonderful what they're doing there. But it's just hard to make those comparisons. Yeah, that, yeah I understand. It's 300,000 people. Yeah, it's yeah. a much tiny country. People, yeah, very tiny is, country. Yeah. But um, and, China and, and India are definitely comparable. In my yeah, I, yeah. I just want to say one thing about that. Like, I obviously agree that these huge changes need to be made environmentally. But the way the United States is sort of set up is that so many people value, like, you know, these individual freedoms. Like, you look at the mask wearing, people will just say oh, like yeah. no yeah. i don't want to do it just because it's their yeah. right to their right freedom to do, to. right yeah. so like that sort of individual freedom mindset it doesn't it doesn't exist in china first of all at all you, it doesn't yeah. matter what yeah. the hell you think the government will do whatever they want and you know that's i know it, it it's bad but in a lot of ways it's served the united states well it's made it really innovative it's made it you know leaders in a lot of in a lot of things in the past but then you kind of see the underbelly of it right now when it starts to backfire and when people start to, you know, value what they can do rather than what they should do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think, and I think with, with the climate crisis, I think a lot of people really understand, like, even if they, I mean, a good amount of people think it doesn't exist. Right. But a decent right. amount think, you know, it exists, it's real, but you know, I'd rather take the other freedoms I have in this country and live my life and you know because life is short and just live it how i want to live and mm-hmm. not make these changes even though it'll affect people in the future i think that's the mindset of a lot of people and that's like when i've talked to people they kind mm-hmm. of give me that impression that you know they're going to live their life and they're going to do what they want just to enjoy it and right. they're not going to they're not going to think they're not going to think like later on because like if you bring up if you bring up comparisons they'll always poke holes in it like you bring up china obviously china's hella issues India has a ton of issues too, especially with poverty and, you know, especially their recent administration. But I mean, just in general, like the way the United, it's always like it's special own case, you know, Yeah. Yeah. because it's just, it's such a, it's such a, I mean, in a lot of ways, it's very diverse and it's a beautiful nation, but in a lot of ways, it's, you know, it sort of defeats itself at times, like as we see right now at the mask and then Mm -hmm. just in general with the climate exchange, just as that's just what I think about the whole thing as a whole, like when the mindset of a lot of Americans when it comes to issues like this. Is, yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. I think that the problem with Americans is that they think they're so far away from the issue of climate change. Mm-hmm. And honestly, compared to other countries, we are yeah. like the developed countries or developing countries. But in terms of um, how American citizens are handling climate change i think that the frontline communities here in the u.s are they're really taking a toll honestly i mean the number one thing is like flint the amount of groundwater contamination that comes with the lead pipelines that are being constructed or have been constructed is insane to see that they've gone so long without fresh water and that children are dying because of it 
um, and people are getting sick. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, Flint is like a really um, like famous example of it, even though like the government hasn't really done anything helpful. But also when you look at communities, especially black communities and POC communities, um, native communities, their land is constantly being taken away from them. And black communities are either just like leveled and then made into some kind of like natural gas power plant because their land is cheaper to buy. But also when those projects go haywire and they go wrong, those nearby minority and uh, lower income communities are the ones to pay for it. I mean, I think you there was like this one instance um, a few months ago in Brooklyn where this natural gas power plant exploded and there were like so many communities nearby that have to suffer the consequences. And it was so sad to yeah. see the amount of destruction that was done and the amount of people that were hurt. So honestly, people in America aren't that far away from mm-hmm. no, being hurt true. next, especially yeah. if we don't start making changes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously there's also the issue of like environmental racism, um, yeah. which is yeah. a direct, you know, byproduct of um, the way that America was built and structured. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Flint is probably one of the best examples for that um, as well. But um, mm-hmm. that's a whole other issue. Um, yeah. Sahiti, you know, thank you for being on. Um, you're, you know, you're a really great young voice for environmentalism. If there's, thank you. In, in one sentence, right? If there is one thing yeah. you could say to, you know, the flat earthers and climate change hoax believers um, mm-hmm. who aren't taking this seriously, and most of all, Donnie, right? Yeah. If you could say one thing to them, right? What would it be? Hmm, that's kind of hard. <laughs> um, I'd probably just say, um you know like you're next you're next wow. like you're gonna be hit really really hard when right, you just yeah. refuse to change yeah, yeah. That, that was menacing and scary yeah you don't want to mess good with, you don't want to mess with your guys all right no you so don't. thank you for being on um, thank you so much it was really thank you for having me this is so much fun yeah. um so yeah just a little bit of a sneak peek into next week's episode everybody um you know kind of piggybacking off the government structure and the capital structure that has um been discussed in today today we're going to go a lot more in depth into it and talk about uh eco- the current state of economics in this country and we're going to have a um self-proclaimed commie and a champion of the capitalist structure debating next week so stay tuned for that oh wow um all right so everybody stay safe um recycle um do your best to conserve yep. energy and go mm-hmm. vote all right yes vote. thanks everybody uh have a good night All right. Thank you guys so much. Thank you.